What up, what up, what up, what up? This is the sound of someone who typically roots for a team that's 4-1 and one and atop the NFC East. <laughs> Sims Alefko, what is good? It's a Monday. I, you're giving me credit for rooting for the Eagles so Oh, much. dude, you're the biggest Eagles fan I know. It's amazing. <laughs> Shout out to Sharon watching in Atlanta. What up, Sharon? She's in Atlanta? What's she doing? Learning, teaching. Hanging out with T.I. and company. Exactly. Luda. Yeah. Luda. Yeah. Shout out to Enum at the gym. Getting swole. What up, Enum? Uh... Sunday was an interesting day. It was a disappointing day, but it truly felt like a podcast Sunday in the NFL. We are going to get to a lot of stuff. Uh, We're going to tell you who set the bar. Compliments of F-O-R-D for this is the L-E-F-K-O-E. Ma'am. Oh, thank you. We can officially start now. We are going (laughs) to recap some of our biggest bets, and I'll tell you, it is funny to look back. We have weird storylines, including the white powdered substance of the Miami O-line code to Donald Penn with Are we fans. not allowed to call it what it is yet? We'll, we'll discuss that when we get there. And then I've also <laughs> printed out my three favorite Facebook comments in regard to my Lefko locks. Right. Bleach Report posts my locks. I start getting alerted all Sunday morning before the games are even played about how bad people think my bets are. They and, can't think mine are much better. And I'll read that, but it's before I even lose them. I know. Well, it's yes. Great. Well, you have a segment called Lefko Locks, too, so that it opens it up. Uh, why couldn't my last name be Mefco? So be Mefco's maybes. But it's amazing. Will you not recognize it? It's amazing what being, when you have to actually be good at something. Like ignorance is bliss, right? Yeah, before I was like, why don't they put my picks yeah. on the website? Well, I'm amazing. I beat Sims every year. I beat Sims every year. <laughs> All right, so look. Yeah, right. Stay, uh, Sam Conkey saying left goes fades the week. In essence, whatever I bet, just go the opposite way. <laughs> but there was a few things that happened that were really our amendments and our Constitution. And we could start off negative, but we're going to start off positive. With the First Amendment, let's start there. Aaron Rodgers is the, the greatest, greatest quarterback, quarterback I've ever seen. I have had people come up to me. I have people tweeting. I have seen national pundits on television going, man, Aaron Rodgers might be the best quarterback I've ever seen. (laughs) We've only been telling you for two years, and I'm so happy that Aaron Rodgers did it to you once again. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers had the ball for two minutes and 16 seconds in the fourth quarter, and they scored 20 points. That is insane. In the fourth quarter. Now, one of them was a pick six, of course, but... Yes. Regardless, that's still amazing. Um, can you put into quarterback perspective what we witnessed together yesterday? Because again, we were not doubting, but you get the ball back with a little bit less, a little bit more than a minute, and you went too much time. Yeah, too much time. We knew the field. The field goal was a foregone conclusion. Like when they got the ball with a minute thirteen, I was like, well, they're definitely gonna get the field goal. Are they gonna make that one play that's gonna go? Oh. The hell with the field goal. Let's get the touchdown. They got off to a good start with a big throw, and then his run. That scramble, getting out of Mayoa, getting away from David Irving. Gosh. David Irving, who played very well and makes he Dallas did. look like a like a scarier team. Right. But, you know, I'm not even surprised anymore. Uh, no, it's, it's, you know, again, he doesn't have the rings, so people always get mad when you say this, but it's very Michael Jordan-ish in my, in my eyes. I grew up in the Jordan era. Uh, I mean, I was, you know, 12 years old when he won his first championship, and I was obsessed with him. But it was one of those things where, yeah, it was his fourth quarter of the Bulls. You were going, hmm, they're going to win because Mike's going to make a shot or do something. And Rodgers is the same way. As long as their team is not just completely overmatched, like we saw in the championship game right. last year. I mean, this is not a good team. 
Uh, let's just I, I again. I'm just going to clarify that one at, more time. At, at this point of your year, yeah. At this point of their careers, two minutes Tom Brady, yeah. Two minutes Aaron Rodgers. Who do you trust more? Who are you afraid of more? Oh, both sides. Yeah, I, I mean, you know where I'm going. I would be more. Mm-mm. I would probably be more afraid of Brady. Wow. Yeah, but not because of Brady, because if we're going to take the whole thing into account. I'm gonna. I'd rather have Brady's offense and Brady's weapons around him. So that, that does that count? It. I mean, if we're just going player for player. No, no, no. I'm asking Patriots and Brady. Yeah, Rogers. I, I am. Was not I'm going this answer. because they're a machine and they have. I mean, look, the, the playbook for Aaron Rodgers. So I'm open. Throw it to me again. Oh, okay. I'll throw it perfect. Here you go. I mean, that's what they do. The thing with Aaron Rodgers, when I watch him in the two minute, it's typically pocket breaks down, he runs out, and then makes one of the most incredible throws I've ever seen. Yes. I will say that in the last few games, which Brady has had to lead a drive, he's almost thrown an interception in like all of them. You're right. Including the Super Bowl. Right. No one talks about that or the AFC Championship game. These lobbed ball, these ducks that don't get intercepted. But. Rogers feels inevitable. It's inevitable. It he's always an, feels inevitable. He's a one-man unstoppable force. He really is. And like you said, it, you know, again, we know, and we've well documented it here. The offense is nothing. They do nothing. The, the uh, you want to you want to interrupt? In. I'm not going to interrupt. The, the scheme is nothing. So again, he's not dancing around back there because he's going. Well, that guy's open, but I'll wait for somebody else to get open a few seconds later. Right. He is dancing around back there because he is just waiting for somebody to get open. I mean, they do what I you know what I would say to you always is what New England. Their whole offense is New England day one, day two installation. Like New England has everything Green Bay puts in their offense in their offense within the first week of OTAs. And that's the whole basis of Green Bay's offense from there. I said this to you and you actually agreed with me. Yeah, I would like to pull off some of my disdain for Mike Malarkey. Mm-hmm. And in this way, I think the offense Mike is pretty McCarthy. Si- Mike McCarthy, excuse yes. me. I think the offense is very simple. I think there's not a lot to it. However, yes. he is very good at game situations. Mm-hmm. He never misses a challenge. Right. He's really good at, with like time and clock management. He's really good at situational football, yeah. which is what we always talk about with Belichick. Mm-hmm. And then I look at, you know, Bevel and McAdoo, and I don't see any of that. No, they don't. But Malarkey knows his core plays. They're great McCarthy. about the red zone. Did I say McCarthy? You said Malarkey again. Damn it. Well, it's Malarkey <laughs> that I keep saying Malarkey. But I think McCarthy is a very good in-game coach, yeah. and I do believe that him and Rodgers get along well together. I just I wish they would take Andy Reid, which we're going to get to in a second, yeah. and add some new offensive minds yes. and see what we could come up with. No, I think that's a great point, first of all, you're making. Because we're too critical of Mike McCarthy. We are. Regardless. He's Self-scout. A, yeah, he's a, he's a really good coach. We're, we're critical of him only because we know how great Aaron Rodgers is, and we just go, man, I wish you just had a few more plays to get them over the edge right. and help him out and get him to one more Super Bowl. But within saying all that, his team is always tough, injured, it doesn't matter, they play hard. They are detailed in what they do, and you're right. He really never has mismanaged any end-of-the-game situations. I can't think of I one. I mean, even like them blowing the lead against the Seahawks in the NFC Championship game. They were on the onside kick. Yeah, the, they were ready for everything. The dummy just didn't catch the ball. I mean, I, I was talking with uh, June, one of the writers earlier, who's a Patriots fan, and I asked him, I said, you know, Terry Bradshaw won four, but eventually all those Super Bowls became Chuck Knoll's Super Bowls. Mm. Uh, Joe 
Joe Montana won a lot, but all of those became Bill Walsh's. Will Brady's eventually become Belichick's? Well, I, I always put it this way. When you play the New England Patriots, the first thing people go is, oof, you got to go by Belichick and Brady this week. And... When you play the Green Bay Packers, you just go, man, Aaron Rodgers coming yeah. to town? It's I, just one-man show. I think show, for them so. to become not Brady's, Belichick is going to have to win one with either Garoppolo or whoever's yeah. next. And that's not going to happen. I mean, I just don't th- – I mean, Brady's going to play for two or three more years gotcha. at least. And, I don't, you know, I'd say Belichick at the most is like four or five more years. I don't know. I think you're. I think Belichick might be there for 20. <laughs> uh, quick, Packers uh, wide receivers Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. since the start of 2016 are the number one receivers in touchdown, number one and two in the NFL. Jordy has 20. Devontae Adams has 16. That's some fantasy stuff for you. Yes. Number three is uh, Mike Evans with 14. Mm. Then Antonio Brown at 13, tied with Odell. Beckham Jr. Ooh. And that's where we're going to next. Uh, the second thing that this podcast has stood for, other than Aaron Rodgers, greatest quarterback we've ever seen, is that Odell Beckham should, should not, not have played. played at all right. before he got paid. And now he is out for the year, a fractured left ankle. Um, as soon as it happened, we knew. Yes. And as soon as it happened, Sims and Lefko Twitter blew up. Man, you guys were right. You've been saying it all along. Uh, it also happened on turf, yeah, which is the third thing we're going to get to after this. Right. But Odell Beckham Jr. has one year left on his rookie deal, an injury guaranteed salary of $8.459 million. Right. Uh, I am mad. Yeah, me too. I am sad. Mm-hmm. What is your reaction the day after? Uh, it, it does. It just, I'm angry at the NFL, the Giants in general. Um, and I'm just, I'm angry that we're not going to see the, you know, other than Aaron Rodgers, I think is that he's the most exciting player in football on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, he's the best receiver for my money. And, uh, man, I just feel like the karma for this was supposed to be don't play Odell Beckham Jr. Don't, that was the better, I mean, the karma of the world. I'm talking about, like, he owed it to the other players and this the future superstar wide receivers of the NFL and the other guys that are going to be in this situation next year to draw the line in the sand, almost like Von Miller did two years ago. He really should have. He had the Giants by the kahunas, by the matzo balls, as we like to yes. say now. <laughs> and um, He had leverage. He t- had total leverage in this situation. I mean, again, you see that they're nothing without him. The offense is nothing. And now, what goes on from here? Yeah, what do you think? What do the Giants have to do to make sure that Odell is happy? Yeah. And do they offer him a contract now? I think they should. I really and do. And what numbers are we talking well, about? I mean, you don't need to see him rehab. Because that's my question, is if they wait to see him rehab, I feel like that would upset Odell more. It, well, it's 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 it's... If they try to use his ankle injury against him... Can you imagine? I mean, that's what I mean. That, that's why the whole thing is messed up. That is usually what would happen in the NFL. They'd go, well, man, we're not sure you're going to be able to cut the same this year, so we're not going to pay you. Uh, but sorry for last year and ripping you off, too. Um, yeah, so I, I do. I worry about that. I think the Giants, which, again, are a classy organization, and I really do believe that. Which is why I don't think they're going to fire McAdoo in season. Pro- I probably think the not. Maris always let people go the extent of their contract. Yeah, the, I don't think McAdoo's going to get fired unless they go like 3-13 and 13 or 2-14. and 14. Like I think he's going to get it's another job, but they got a chance possible. to. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's very possible. Pay Odell Beckham Jr. now. End this discussion. 
Pay him as to be the highest paid receiver in football. Pay him to be one of the highest people in all of NFL, period. That's what he deserves. And then you won't have to hear about this talk all offseason again either. Uh, but that's just the route I think they should go. Is there any fear in a fractured left ankle being something that could slow him down long term? No, I, I don't I don't think that will be. Uh, Thank God there was no tendons or anything well, like that. Well, that, that, that we don't know either. That hasn't because, come out yet. Because, again, this is the same ankle that he had the high ankle sprain. I can't imagine the pain he was in because I've had a high ankle sprain, and when you tweak it, let alone break it, it is so painful to the point where you're like, oh my god. I mean, like you want to crumble and fall for a few seconds. Like, like you off. saw him do, uh, what was that, the, the Tampa game two yes. weeks ago, where a few times he had to run off the field because yes. he just made the wrong cut. Um, so yeah, I, uh, he should be okay, is what I'm saying, though. He should, at the end of the day, I don't think it'll be a big issue, and he should be all systems go come you know June. I know it's New York, and right. I know it's the best place for you to be market marketability-wise. Is there any chance that the Giants play this the frugal way? Mm. We want to wait and see that they could scare Odell off. I really don't think so. Okay. I mean, when you have a – when I just look at it like this where I go, your offense is not that great, you have Eli Manning come to an end oh of a career, right? I mean, the Giants are in dismay. Yeah, and this is your guy going forward. So I, I want to say this, too. For, I know we talk a lot about Ben McAdoo not really calling a lot of plays and talking about the simplicity of the offense. I think yesterday was the perfect example. Mm-hmm. You lose not one, not two, not three, but four wide receivers, and what do you do? You run the exact same plays with running backs and tight ends out there on the field. Not a bunch formation, not even a man in motion. They do nothing different to try and create any space in a one-possession game in which they just have to go down and score some points. But what do they do? They put the same darn less-than-equal players out there. You're going to play Odell, and you're going to play Brandon Marshall, and you pretend you're Sterling Shepard, and they're going to respect you the same. Yes. It was embarrassing. It is embarrassing. I mean, Ben McAdoo and this, uh, what is on the play sheet? Yeah. I don't get it. No, I don't either. We joke that it's a takeout menu, but you know what? He may have ordered Crab Rangoon. No. Because I don't know what's on the sheet. Yeah, no, listen, I can promise you his sheet is not nearly as intricate in details as a Sean Payton or an Andy Reid who we've talked about, who truly have a million different formations and personnel sets and ways they call things and certain checks and what-if plans that come or arise if somebody does yes. get hurt. No, I don't think that's the case with, with McAdoo. It's it's a lot of I, – I would love to see it. I bet you it's a lot of bullcrap in some of those boxes. That should be a Bleacher Report social moments video, making up what it should be. Here are some quick Lefko sprinkles. Uh, Eli Manning is now 0-4 against the Chargers, the team he refused to play for. Mm. Uh, Melvin Ingram last year in 16 games had eight sacks. In five games this year has seven and a half. Good for him. Him and Bosa – Giants offensive line, yeah. but they've been great the whole season. They have. Ingram's the been whole everywhere. Right. And the Chargers, they finally get a win. They yeah. are no longer winless. And they offered a 20% off order that had expired a month before. What do they, you mean? They, to their fans, Chargers win. They tweeted out, here's a coupon. You can buy like some jerseys. It had expired the month before. <laughs> they literally can't get out of their own way. <laughs> you mentioned Kansas City, yeah. and that was the third podcast thing. Turf 
injuries. Yes. Brandon Marshall, that injury, 100% because of the turf. His foot was eaten by the turf, and right. his body kept going. Right. J.J. Watt clipped his own legs. Turf. Whitney I don't Merciless. even think that's when he did it. I think I think we're missing the step in which he did it. And if you pull up the replay, it's the it's after he clips it, and then he's getting up. He's in that lunge position. Yes. Then the knee goes. Or how about Chris Conley's just entire calf? I've never seen video That was his like Achilles. That. that was his Achilles snapping and then turning into a ball you could see and it. going to the calf because his foot, guess what? Locked in the turf. Yes. And, and, and even Odell. I mean, that was the turf too. I mean, again, listen, those injuries happen on grass. I understand that. But if you've been on field turf and you're wearing cleats with like these guys are, your foot is definitely more prone to getting stuck in the ground in that material. Plain and simple. And that was the biggest thing I took away from the Odell thing. I'm sorry to go back to that. It's fine. Is the reaction of Casey Hayward. Like, to me, they must have all heard a snap because Casey Hayward got up and held his ears and ran away from Odell after he tackled him. Right. And then the, immediately the Charger players were calling on the bench for the Giants to get out there and help It's kind of like, you remember when Kevin Ware got hurt and everybody was like, why is everybody in the Louisville bench running away? Right. Because they saw the so, bone come out. You can so hear you're saying Hayward with the same thing. I would think so. I mean, I've been on it a few times where I've heard a kill. I mean, like, ACL's pop or fibula's break, yes. and you go, "What is? What did I what just hear?" And then you hear a guy go, "Ah!" And you go, "Oh my gosh, it was that." It was so within leg. it seemed like five plays. Yeah. Houston dropped Whitney Merciless and JJ Man. Watt. Mm-hmm. Their number one defense in football. Yeah. Those two injuries. What do you think that drops them to realistically? Realistically, in terms of ranking for defense, I, I still think they're going to be a defense that's in the top five conversation. Wow. I do. Yeah, I do. I think they're really talented. I think it's a good scheme. They got a good secondary. They got plenty of big people up front to kind of make up for it. The big thing is, and you know my take on this already a little bit because we talked about it earlier, is just that, I, I mean, it's against the elite teams where they're going to miss J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless. The teams that they do get back in the playoffs and they got to play Kansas City or New England. You know, listen, your defense is good, great, but we saw that Brady could still move the ball on it. So you need somebody that's going to make plays for you. I would argue that Whitney Merciless is every bit, is if not even more of a blow to their defense than Watt. Watt is not as good as he used to be. He's still really good. Yes. Don't get me wrong here. I mean, we're, we're talking about NFL all-time great, first ballot Hall of Famer, deserves to be in the discussions with the Reggie Whites of the world. That's how good J.J. J. Watt is. Um, but I think the other thing that I just look at, Whitney Merciless, the point that he's at in his career – and all the things he does for their defense. Um, he truly is. He's kind of like, let's just say, New England's Dante Hightower, but he's better so than Dante Hightower. Outside pass rusher. Right. Inside linebacker. Defense end. They'll line him up at three technique and let him handle the guard. And he's he's a freak of nature in his own We've right. We've been saying he's been underrated for two, yes, three years. Yes, he's underrated because of Clowney and Watt. They just He doesn't get the attention. By the way, Rodell, Delphonic, Deanna saying Allen Robinson, also a non-contact ACL on the same Houston turf yeah, that's right. as JJ's. On the out route. That's right. I remember seeing it. Yeah. I don't know. It's so frustrating. Yep. Uh, one thing that's not frustrating is this other team that they played. Kansas City is looking right now, and they are undefeated. They're the only undefeated team, but far and away the best team in the NFL. Mm -hmm. How far away are they? Is it clearly... Is it clear that the Kansas City is the best team in the NFL? I, I I think so. I think when you really look at it right now, I, I'm not going to say they're head and shoulders above the rest of the NFL, but I think there's a clear gap between them and the next team. Like I, I'm going to ask you, just pose the question: Who's the second best team in your mind in football right now? Like who would you put number two? 
Because then you start I, thinking about like Broncos, Patriots. I put the Broncos too. Falcons, but like I all, put of, them the Falcons have, all three. of them have had weak moments. Right, I know. And the Chiefs have looked strong in every aspect of their game. Really? I mean, the other, other than your weak, Eagles game, yes. is it was 13-13. Chargers game was over, over yes, close. But I feel like that was a game where they yeah. kind of knew they had control of and it was just a matter of time. But, but, yes. but they can run all over you. Right. I mean, Kareem Hunt, I feel like every time he looks up, is getting six yards of carry. Mm-hmm. Um all of their weapons are scary. I mean, yes. even like Albert Wilson, who I feel like is their fifth guy, is still getting 20, 30-yard games. Yeah, he's because he's a good player. Uh, again, Andy Reid, uh, everything they've done there, they are running an offense. This is what we all need to appreciate, me included, because as I, I was sitting there uh, last night watching them going, we've never seen this offense in the history of the NFL. This is a special thing we're seeing. We're seeing like a college wishbone offense with freaky talent but they're doing it out of the shotgun, and yet they have pro pass schemes to back it up Mm. with a quarterback who can throw the ball, unlike college where you get a wishbone quarterback and you're like, he'll hit the side of the barn every now and then. Um, They truly are. I mean, what do you do? What do you defend? Where do you go with it? I mean, they use Tyree Kill. He's like the ultimate decoy right now because everybody's scared of him. So they right. just they throw him in motion this way. He, the can, defense, he can run and then give you the peace sign. You're like, no one's touching right. him. I mean, Travis Kelsey is arguably the best tight end in the NFL mm-hmm. right now. Right. Their offensive line was down two guards and was Doesn't still even matter. Doesn't matter. That's where Andy Reid, too, again, I mean, we've talked about that a lot, but his eye for the offensive line is through the roof. I, I wish people could understand and appreciate what it means for someone like Andy Reid who has been coaching this long to be so egoless, to mm-hmm. allow someone like Matt Nagy to come in and join him and Brad Childress right. and add to the playbook. Yes, All of these guys have defined playbooks and for Andy Reid to show that kind of growth as a coach it is shown on the field with yeah. their plays and all the players know it. They're winning me over. Like I, found, I find myself yeah, and I know I've been really critical of Charlie Checkdown. I find myself rooting for Kansas City lately, like legitimately emotionally invested. Like, I think I'm rooting them because of Andy Reid. I just and am they're, like, they're the best team in the NFL. They're the best team in the NFL, and I just feel like I don't know. We've disrespected him for so long. I, I, I find myself like it's one of those you know feel good stories. Yes. Big chubby guy left Philly and went to Kansas City. And now dominates the NFL. He's unbelievable. He Kansas City, last undefeated team in the NFL. Alex Smith, second game this season with at least 300 passing yards and three touchdowns in his first 11 seasons combined. Six? Two. Are you kidding He's me? He's done two this year right? and two in the last 11 years. That's unbelievable. So that my Charlie Checkdown nickname is correct. Then. So he went from Charlie <laughs> Checkdown to? Bobby Bombs Away. Man. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller had six catches combined, five touchdowns. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> yes, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, hey, uh, first of all, Watson special, period. Uh, I was proud of the way Houston kind of battled back. I mean, when you start the yes. game off and losing your, you know, two of your better players on the first drive, then you're down, what were they down? 16 to nothing. Yep. They come back, they make the game 26-20. Yeah. But and I then think it was what, like punt return touchdown. It was long drive touchdown, yeah. then punt return touchdown, and they were down by 19. That was the other thing that was impressive. Again, they decided to put the pedal on the metal again, yes. and it was like, no problem, let's go. I thought also uh, Deshaun Watson makes Lamar Miller a better running back. He does. Because he's because that's what Lamar Miller is, mm-hmm. a stretch running back. They can hit the outside, and Watson can get out there with right. him. Right, and then but, Foreman can smash it up the middle. Yeah, and then Fuller. Yeah. 
Man. I know. They got it going, man. They Houston's really do. Houston's interesting, and it sucks they lost those two defensive guys because they un- that could have been an AFC championship rematch. Yeah. Uh, those are obviously guys that are pretty good. They're yep. approaching the bar. Mm-hmm. But in the NFL, you can either set the bar or you can be the bar. It's time for Sims and myself to pick the two players that we think were the bar in Week 5 in the NFL. Sims, who do you want to spotlight? Man, the guy I'm putting that was the bar is Leonard Fournette. I mean, first of all, he's built like a Ford truck, I'll say. <laughs> I mean, he really is. And, I mean, he might be made out of metal just like a bar because the guy is unreal. Uh, so happy to see him just have success, have a few open running lanes. He's one of the freakiest running backs in all of football. Don't look at his yards per carry. They don't have a pass game in Jacksonville. All defenses are worried about is stopping Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette also, it's official, I have a man crush on him, okay? Yes, you do. When you run on the outside and then go like this to Mike Mitchell, like, come on, let's run into each other full speed. This will be fun. That is when you win me over as a fan. And then, of course, at 240 pounds, just running away from the Steeler defense. The Steeler defense is fast. I mean, he's got a ball in his hand. He carried the ball 27 times before that, and there was nobody. Sean Davis, who's fast from Maryland, gave up chasing him. Leonard Fournette reached 22.05 miles per hour on that run, the Ooh. highest max speed for a ball carrier this season. That's, uh, that's amazing. And all I know is Tyree Kill and Will Fuller look really fast. <laughs> I couldn't believe you didn't take my guy, and I'm happy to get him. That's right. The greatest quarterback of all time <laughs> is the bar. His name is Aaron Rodgers. He wins game by himself. You could tie his left arm behind his back and his feet together and he'd see the bar, be the bar, and eat the bar. That's how great Aaron Rodgers is. He's unbelievable. He went to Dallas and he is unreal. Aaron Rodgers, the bar in week five of the NFL. I told Canvasser, I said, give me Alex Smith when he takes, when you take Aaron Rodgers. I felt like it was like too obvious I for me. To. So good, good. To. I'm glad you did. All right, so you g- talked there about the Steelers yeah. and the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. So before we get to this game, let's quickly take a look at how we bet Steelers-Jaguars. <laughs> I am going the Steelers $10 for the sole reason I'm not betting on Blake Bortles. This Jacksonville defense is really good, and Big Ben stinks right now. Legitimately stinks. And I also don't like him calling out his, his teammates. No, it's not I, I could, I, It's not good. You, you are not someone that can call out people right now. I don't feel the same way you do. I'm picking Pittsburgh, and I'm putting $300 on it. Are you serious? I am. What, what, Jacksonville was going to lose by 13 last week until Josh McCown made the dumbest mistake of the season and threw the ball in the back of the head. Yesterday, I sat and went, man, I really like Pittsburgh. And Sims put his hand on my shoulder and said, I'm going to be honest. I'm staying away from that game. I wouldn't touch it. Was that gamesmanship? It was gamesmanship. I did it twice to you yesterday. I tried to do it with New England, too. And be just what like, did you hey. do? I was kind of like, ooh, Thursday night. Yeah, it's scary. I was hoping I would talk you out of it. Well, you yes. got me on one of them. Good, you good. son of a bitch. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, eat that shit. And the only one that was eating anything <laughs> was me. Was you. Yes. You tried to scare me off Steelers and Patriots. Yeah. I wish I listened to you on both of oh them. Oh my gosh, I know. But we were right. Big Ben sucks. Man, you were right for sure. Um I did go on a little rant, but he is awful. Uh, he is apparently saying he doesn't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has the worst uh, deep ball throwing in the NFL. Yep. He's thrown six interceptions since his last touchdown pass. He's played in 210 career games, including playoffs. He's never finished a game before uh, Sunday with zero touchdowns and four more interceptions. Uh, he said, maybe I don't have it anymore. Uh, crap. Crap. Ola. 
All right, so I saw some people just now on ESPN. I saw Adam Schefter. They were like, overreaction. Is Ben Roethlisberger done? And he went, it's an overreaction. I think Big Ben has been in this way now for a year and a half. Yeah, I don't think everybody has realized that if you really went back and watched Pittsburgh the second half of last year, that they took the ball out of his hands to a degree. And we talked about it a lot on those podcasts. Excuse me, I burped and talked at the same time. Um, But we talked about it then. And again, what we've seen this year is they're not really capable of winning when it comes down to just him having to throw the ball, make decisions, make big throws. That's not what they are. 55 passes. 55 passes. They couldn't get the run game going. The scary thing is when the game was 9-7 to in the third quarter and they had the ball, I said, this game's going just the way I thought he it would. It's going to be ugly, and they're just going to continue to stop Jacksonville, and they're going to finally get some rhythm here offensively and go down the field. I mean, when I said that, I'm not joking you, a minute and a half later he threw a pick six, <laughs> and then two minutes later he threw another pick six. Um, but, yes, it is scary. Uh, first of all, when you make comments like that after the game, and then you've made the comments that he's made in the offseason about pondering retirement. Yes. Just I'm just telling you, if professional athletes don't say things like that after the game, unless it's truly in their head. The $18 million I mean, dollars is really interesting. He, if he was to retire, he's not going to pay it back. And it's $12 million next year he'd have so to pay he, back. So here's what people don't realize. If Ben did retire this past year, he'd owe the Steelers more than $18 million. Mm-hmm. If he retires after this year, he still owes them 12, 12 Right. And there is a faction that believes right. that that's the reason he's still playing. It could be. And his play would indicate that. Yes. I this mean, is his... all spec. This is all uh, speculation. Yeah, it's all speculation. Say it, don't spray it. I okay, there. Uh, but no, I. I um, and again, listen. I think you look at him and just his demeanor doesn't show that he's totally invested in it right now. Now maybe this will finally light a fire under his ass and get him going. Maybe he's finally. Maybe he'll take enough public criticism this week to finally be like, you know what. F everybody. I'm going to get back to it. Do you think he can hit the switch like that? I, I do think that he still has the ability to throw the ball at a pretty high level. I do. He's got the what I would call this, me and my father would call this dipping under the ball motion right now, where he lets his arm and elbow get too low. And that's why you've seen so many of those interceptions go high Fly in the high. air there. Everything's been flying high. Even the deep balls have been a little too far out there, regardless. Yes. And without me being able to show it and technically what he's doing, yes, he's getting underneath the football. And not only is it leading to errant throws, but it also leads him to not have the same amount of power he's had on the ball in years past. You know what else I haven't seen this year? Yeah. Big Ben, like, break a, t- a sack. No, I know. And that magic in the pocket where he used to move around. And then around he gets, and... like, the wide open player. Right, right. No, that's that's been gone for a year now, at least. Uh, some quick things about Jacksonville here. Uh, remember before the season when Doug Marone was asked what's the ideal number amount of attempts from Bortles he wants to see every game, and he said zero, and everybody laughed? I think Bortles had one pass attempt in the second half. Yeah. Just one. Uh, Jaguars defensive backs finished with more receiving yards and touchdowns than Jaguars receivers. 103 (laughs) interception return yards and two touchdowns. Jaguars receivers had 95 yards and no touchdowns. Bortles was 8 for 14 for 95, right? The the number one cornerback with lowest completion percentage when targeting the NFL is is A.J. Bouye, Mm. 37.5%. Number two... Jalen Ramsey, 38.7. Both of those guys. Yes. The Jaguars have registered 74 points off 15 takeaways this season. Number two is the Lions with 47. Woo! Think about their three wins. Let's all go back to the three wins. 
Opening week, Texans defense took over. Turnovers, touchdown, uh, touchdowns. Talvin Smith, yes. Dante, and then there was I think two defensive touchdowns there that week. Been. I'll look up. All right, their next win uh, in London, right against the Ravens. Yes, same thing. Defense all over the place. Bortles made one or two throws in that game, but they were like on the fifteen yard line going in. Yes, and then you think about yesterday. All three wins have the same thing in common. They've been able to run the ball just to chew up some clock and keep their defense rested and. And their defense can go out and create turnovers and win games. That's why. That's why I did not think they would be able to. I mean, ninety-five yards of throwing, and you beat the Pittsburgh Steelers thirty to nine. That I mean, that's that. You can't make that shit up. I'm happy for our guy Malik, though. Malik he, Jackson. He called it. Yeah, he said that defense was going to be serious. They're, they are serious. Uh, so that was one of the games that I got wrong. I went two for two this Sunday, uh, and of course, at around like eleven thirty every Sunday, Bleacher Report puts out my Leftco locks. One, I have to pick Thursday. I have to pick Monday, and then I have to pick four games on Sunday, mm. and they're calling them all locks. Damn. So of 14 games a week, I need to guarantee six of them. If I could do that, I would be owning Bleacher That's a little Report. crazy. A little bit. Yep. Here are my three favorite comments before the games even happened in reaction to my bets. First one, Jean-Paul Bernier. This dude is trash. Matter of fact, that's an insult to garbage. Please keep <laughs> locking against the Panthers. We might make it to the Super Bowl again. Laugh my ass off. <laughs> Number two, Paul Kang. You want to win money? Bet against this loser's picks. His locks are just like him. Garbage. <laughs> Do and these people really dislike us or dislike you? Here, or are they just being funny like internet here's people? Here's what I've realized. Right. Twitter you're a loser. That's it. Right. Facebook, because there's no character limit, these people are so angry. And also, like, who's on Facebook? You guys. Not Facebook me. Live. <laughs> Did you forget? For Adrian <laughs> Eastloss, though, the number one. Adam Lefko must be... The BR NFL editor, if they're still allowing him to do this segment. Oh, they were saying you're giving blowies, huh? Yes. <laughs> okay. I wasn't sure what blow meant. <laughs> I didn't figure that out. And those are the top three insults of my locks before the games are even played. Man. After the weekend, I am now 8 and 11. 8 and 11 on your locks? Yes. Six locks a week? Is that what but those don't those don't include Thursday and Monday. Man. Those are just my Sunday locks. I mean, I've never been so happy to lose a $400 bet on Thursday and night. let's get to how, what we bet for <laughs> Thursday night football between the Patriots and the Bucks. I'm betting $800 on the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> Oracle. I'm an idiot. Okay, how about this? Tell me why I'm an idiot. Um, because I bet. Show them my bet, Canvasser. Can you throw that up there? You bet $400. <laughs> Then why are you calling me an idiot? You're twice the idiot I am, okay? I just want to make sure that's clear out there. If they don't cover the spread, I go, I gained $400 on Lefko. So then that'll chop your matzo matzo balls in half. Sorry. You're a real gefilte fish. (laughs) In that breakdown, you also said you thought that Belichick would simplify the defense, Mm -hmm. and they absolutely did. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a game that, man, they had so many opportunities to run away with it. I have also formally asked for a change to happen, that if a major player is injured, but by the time we make the pick to when it happens, and the line shifts, because this line went from five and a half to four when Gronk went out, we get the new line, and everyone laughs and then doesn't acknowledge what I say. (laughs) I think it's hilarious. No, we're men. We're going to make the bet. So we're going to live with it, Lefko. Sorry. Uh, 
Freak, I don't even know how that's legal. How they Thursday night game, the first injury report's Wednesday night. How is that possible? I, I don't, don't even know. know. Oh, uh, Gronk's not playing? The greatest tight end in the history of football? Patriots, what'd you take from that game? Uh, actually, I came away, the defense played well. Yeah. I mean, uh, thank you for giving me kudos. With the, I, I do think that's what they did on the defensive side of the ball. I've yet, not watched that film yet, but I will before Wednesday on a real podcast. And then just looking at that, uh, it did. They took the guessing game, the communication out of Stephon Gilbert. Yes. There was none of that. I still am concerned about the Patriots O-line. Man, Brady getting hit like that against that defensive front in uh, Tampa, that was scary. And the biggest takeaway from that game, Lefko, more than anything, was Dirk Cutter's end-of-the-game management. Oh. You were, it's two minutes and nine seconds. They're down 16-14. to 14. They have a timeout and a two-minute warning, and they kicked the onside kick. And I and think that was give a field goal. To they the gave him a field goal right there. That was to me one of the dumber moves of the day. Right there. I was also going to say the other thing that I took away is that Jameis Winston is not as highly ranked as we thought he was. Yeah, Jameis is. He's not there. No, he's not. Jameis is, I haven't seen development. No, and I think the thing that you see every game, we and including this one, we there was three or four throws where we went, wow, like that was yeah. a great throw. But then there was also a handful of throws where it was like, man, he's four feet in front of you and you missed him completely. Like, how is that possible? He does another, and if you're watching on video, he's a swinger of the ball. He swings it around. And it, it it's is a loopy good. motion. It is, but that doesn't always necessarily. The shorter the throw, the tighter your arm has to be. I mean, you have to take away all the moving parts to make sure it just goes exactly where you'd want it to go. Uh, okay, so we didn't get that okay. one, but you know, I, I got. I want to get a little love to us, uh, at least a little love to me. So let's see how we bet for Arizona Philadelphia. Why won't we? <laughs> yeah, I'm going only ten dollars. Okay, on the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. I feel like I've been all over the Eagles this year, and I feel good about this one too. I'm going Arizona uh, to cover the spread. I'm putting 100. Yeah, I'm putting 100 on it. I wanted to go stronger on it. I knew it. But I do get scared of the 1 o'clock thing, like you're That's saying. That's what pushed I me also over. get scared that, you know, listen, my old phrase, Arizona, they find ways to screw up a wet dream a lot. I just picked this because I was tired of picking against them, and I didn't like you telling people that you're more of an Eagles Oh, fan. I'm definitely. I mean, look, I'm picking you guys to win, uh, but, yeah, I, got, I think it'll be close. It was not close. No. At all. At all. And I think it's great that the Eagles learned how to win and maintain a lead. Mm-hmm. They blew a 14-0 lead to Washington. They blew a lead to to Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, they had another lead. They had a 14-0 lead against the Giants. Right. This is the first time they didn't let a lead evaporate, and I really liked it. And I have a question for you. Is Carson Wentz a top-five quarterback I right now? Gonna, I had a feeling you're going there. Um, Rodgers, Brady. Yeah. Stafford, Alex Smith, Cam Newton. Mm. Those are the guys he's battling against. Yeah, you're right. Matt Ryan. I yeah. think he's better than Matt Ryan. Russell Wilson. I think he's better than Matt Ryan. He Russell is. Wilson. He is better than Russell Wilson. So right it's now. him versus Cam Newton, Alex Smith, and Matt Stafford. I think you're right. I'm looking at the teams. Um, he's definitely in that conversation. Without even me trying to argue this, he is definitely in the top five conversation. Uh, again, Carson Wentz. 
a lot like Aaron Rodgers, can just make plays by himself at times. It doesn't matter. Oh, nobody's nobody's open. Oh, you guys didn't block for me. No problem. I'll escape the pocket, make two people miss, and throw a ball on the run, and we'll get 25 yards. No problem, guys. I got it. Uh, that, to me, is when you become in that conversation. We're probably forgetting Dak Prescott. He's probably close to that. He's not as good as not Wentz, as good in my opinion. Yeah. I think, really, I think you kind of said the first three are for sure, right? Rodgers, Brady, Stafford. Man. I might go Wentz four right now, wow. just with the way he's playing. And I know a lot of people are going to go, oh, what about Matty Ice? Listen, Matty Ice is awesome. Again, I just don't think physically he can do the things that yeah, Carson Wentz can Cam, do. Cam, Alex Smith, and Carson yeah. fighting for four. And Cam was phenomenal the other he day. Was. But you're, you're right. I think that would probably be the conversation right now as far as I'm concerned, yes. How much more room for growth is there? Oh, I, I think there's still significant growing for some of his throwing. He's just doing an unnatural ability. It's just he's a natural thrower and he's just ah, throwing it around a lot. Oh yeah, I'll move around, get open guys, cool. But uh again, does he miss some throws every game where I go, man, he should hit that. He's too good to miss that throw. Yes, but he's everything going in the right direction. His ability on third and long to hit that seam, third and eleven, third and eleven, and it's a strike. Mm-hmm. Zach Ertz, future Hall of Famer. Well, that, that that's to, to, now if you went around NFL teams, right? I mean, that would be the number one thing you would hear from offensive coordinators. If you talk to an offensive coordinator on Friday, the one thing they're gonna they're gonna tell you they go, well, third down's quarterback down. Third the third down quarterback is the down because the defense can do so many things in an obvious third and seven passing situation. Right, they be creative blitz whatever. There's no offensive coordinator that has all the answers for that. So. You know, again, that becomes a down. Whether it's a Brady or a Rodgers or a Stafford, you see so much where they they buy a little extra time, make an amazing throw, and that's what Carson Wentz can do right now. Carson Just, Wentz against the Cardinals, yeah. eleven for twelve on third down, damn, two hundred and fifty-five yards and three touchdowns, damn. And in his in this entire season, he has been absolutely lighting it up on third down. It's been pretty incredible to watch. Uh, after the Kansas City game, remember they called him Little Big Ben Roethlisberger. Right. After this game, Patrick Peterson says he is on his way to being a true superstar in this league. He is. Every week the best players on the other team It's go, no longer Bensylvania, it's Wensylvania. Bum, bum, <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald joined Tony Gonzalez as Jerry Rice as the only three players with a catch in 200 consecutive games. Wow, that's, that's a pretty, pretty hard impressive. stretch. That is. Um, All right, we have one more game, and then we're going to start getting to the weird storylines. Just to recap our bets, and this is one that we are both very proud of, uh, because for the third straight week, we have told you that the team that was your laughingstock, the New York Jets, was going to win, and for the third straight week, we were absolutely right. Bam. I am going. Jets, $200. Deshaun Kaiser against this Jets defense. Yeah. And that Jets running attack against that Cleveland defense, I just, the fact that I'm getting points. How would you favor Cleveland in this matchup? So I I just don't even understand. I have a theory, but what did you bet? Uh, That's stupid. I mean, they went Tropic Thunder. 500! This is, this would probably be my lock of the week. This is my bet. And you were, I I did make that one of my locks. I got that right, but... (laughs) Jets, you said it was closer than you thought it was, though, when you rewatched it. It was actually the opposite. Cleveland dominated the game. Really? Cleveland should be sick. They really should be. I know. It's disappointing. Now, again, we like to joke and call ourselves the Oracle. The NFL's (laughs) effing crazy, okay? I'm just, again, 
the best team is barely better than the twentieth best team. They're, it's bare. It's barely. It's it's like one or two plays. But yes, what I took away from that game, um, Cleveland's defense dominated the Jets up front. Uh, we Danny Shelton being healthy was a big difference maker. You know, of course, our man Miles Garrett gave them a different look, and then offensively, they moved the ball in the Jets almost the whole day. Wow. I mean, they just screwed it up, whether it was missed field goals, whether it was the Kaiser. I didn't realize the Kaiser, you know, we didn't watch the Jets-Cleveland game yesterday, right? I mean, we were, there was other games we were watching. We weren't going to watch the Browns-Jets and make that our main game on yeah. Sunday. I mean, he made a bad pitch to Crowell on third and goal down in the red zone. I mean, they're on like the two-yard line, and they fumbled it, and then the Jets recovered. Uh, Kaiser threw a bad interception on the, on the two-yard line, sprinting out to his right. Marcus May undercut it. Um, so they really are going to be sick with themselves, let alone the fact that they had the field goal team out there to tie the game 10-10, to and Hugh called timeout and called them back, and then they didn't make the fourth down, and then the Jets went on, what, like a 97-yard drive to Hugh close the Jackson game out. Hugh Jackson admitted he was egged on by defensive players Damn. to pass out the field goal and go for that fourth down play on the two. Man, I mean, I, was Teddy Bruschi back there? Because last time I checked, Cleveland doesn't have a guy back there that should be... Yeah, you know, who is telling him right. that? I mean, you got no salty veterans or, or, or out on that team that should be telling that kind of thing. Josh McCown said, it took me three years and two different teams, but I finally got to win at this stadium. <laughs> and Miles funny. Garrett had two sacks, the most by a number one pick in their NFL debut since they became a stat in 1982. He's a freak show. There's no denying it. He's, I mean, he really is special the way he moves. He's not even 100%. And the other thing I'll say to this moving forward, um, listen, Deshaun Kaiser is doing some good things. There's no doubt about okay. that. It's not all him. They need to play Kevin Hogan here going really? forward. Kevin Hogan played well. He really did. He threw the ball well. He was 16 for 19 for 194 and two TDs. And he threw an interception to Morris Claiborne. Uh, but regardless, I liked what I saw to Hogan. And, again, it's Kaiser's rookie year. So this has been a lot for him. You know, you, you come out of college, they've had to play some really good defenses. He doesn't have a ton of weapons around him. Uh, has he forced the issue in a few plays? Certainly. Uh, I, I think Kevin Hogan, they need to probably give Deshaun Kaiser like a mental week off regardless and see what they got in Kevin Hogan. It's so interesting the way in which you introduce a rookie quarterback to a team. Mm -hmm. And we talked about Deshaun Watson getting to watch Savage, just the way he plays. And, and it's kind of like, you know, you put a goldfish in a bag and then you put it in the water and then eventually you let it out. Right. They just threw Kaiser in. Kaiser. And who's Kaiser learning from? That's what I mean. Kaiser had no other guy to look at and go, like, how we talked about with, like, Tom Savage and Deshaun. Like, Deshaun, like, you heard my dad say last week on the podcast, he goes, I mean, Tom Savage is a phenomenal thrower when you see him in person. Yeah. And Deshaun was probably like, damn, I need to step my throwing game up a little bit. And we'll see how Trubisky does Monday night. Um, Trubisky. And then, I mean, man, poor Hugh. Hugh's got a, had a good offensive game plan, but Hugh's going to have to answer why you didn't draft Deshaun Watson all this week. Because Houston playing plays Houston. Cleveland, yes. He's going to tear them up. Oh, my gosh. Watson, I'm, I'm, I'm more than impressed with Watson. Before we get to weird storylines, I'm going to give a shout-out to the weirdest and worst announcing call of the day. That was in Carolina, Detroit. Ed Dixon had over 170 yards receiving. And my favorite announcer in the game, Charles Davis, said, You know what? This reminds me of a story of a Broadway understudy coming in and performing well. And we all looked at each other and like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, we thought he could have used Wally Pip. He could have used anything about someone coming up and playing great. And I went, Charles Davis, you are 
the worst. <laughs> You're mean. I'm okay. To, uh, no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm very accurate. <laughs> because if I wasn't accurate, you'd correct me, because that's our relationship. <laughs> now uh, let's get to some weird storylines that were big in the NFL. One, I'm sure you've seen it, the Miami Dolphins <laughs> offensive line coach, Chris Furster. I looked it up. Chris Furster uh, has officially resigned after video of him leaked sniffing a white powdered substance that he sent to a female in Las Vegas that he's not married to because he is married uh, about him Wait, do- he, he is married? I believe so. Oh my god! Doing the substance off of a Miami Dolphins desk at their facility and saying I'm going to do this and then go to practice and I'm not going to repeat the rest of what he said. I have so many questions but my first question is is this kind of drug thing, is this going on with coaches in the NFL? Well, they're definitely a little more crazy than you would think. Uh, that I that I will say. Yeah, I mean, they, they drink and they like to have fun, definitely. No, Now, I don't think any coaches are, you know, doing lines on the desk, allegedly. I mean, we think it was Coke. We're not Something. sure. Yeah. Right. Might have been baking soda. Uh, but regardless, not a good look. No, again, think? Ag- well, again, it just right away brings me back to the hypocrisy of coaching in the NFL. Again, like you know, oh, that what's what happens here stays here, and you know, don't bring that kind of riffraff into the workplace. And it just shows you the mentality of it in general. It's crazy. But, their last offensive line coach was fired because of bully gate. Yes, this offensive line coach, the line coach fired because of lines. It's a, it's a weird. The NFL coaching culture is weird, man. I don't even know how to, how to really describe it, but you know my thoughts on it to a degree. It's a very, you know, there's a lot of the ones that I like, don't get me wrong, and they're real dudes and they're good dudes and we'd all want to have a beer with them, but there's another group of them that just, they talk out of both sides of their mouth, and uh, I don't know what to think of them, and they're ultimate politicians. Furster's not that guy. I always had a lot of respect for him as a coach. People were saying that he was the kind of guy that could be up for head coaching but positions. But damn, I mean, that was just totally stupid. I mean, there are woo. so many apps right now yeah. with videos that self-delete. Kids, if you're doing dumb stuff, one, don't do it. But number two, what are you doing sending it to people? Gosh. You idiot. You idiot. Unreal. Yes. Miami Dolphins defense now has more touchdowns than the offense in the first half of the season. Yeah, it's scary. Uh, next situation that was weird, the Donald Penn fan situation. Mm. The video came out and where Donald Penn was driving out of the stadium, got out of his car, and looked like he was going to go toe-to-toe with a fan. And the first reactions on our Twitter account, Donald Penn should know better. Donald Penn shouldn't do this. Apparently the, the fan threw a bottle at his car, and then today it came out that that guy, a few weeks ago challenged Donald Penn in person and then had planned with people and had already begun taking the actions of maybe contacting a lawyer that he wanted to get punched in the face yesterday and then was going to sue Donald Penn. Yeah, and Donald loser. Penn put it out there and said, be careful, this can happen to you. Right. Somebody in the Oakland Raiders fan base, please slash this guy's tires for the next home game. That's all I'm asking, okay? Jerks like this is what's all wrong with like the sports venue in general right now. Donald Penn's a good dude. I will vouch for him 100% of the way. What could you be angry about him with the fact that he's let up like three sacks in the last four years? What, what, are, you, what are you mad at him for? And, man, you know what I really want to say. I wish Donald Penn could have whooped the shit out of that guy. I really do. I would have loved to see that. I'd pay money. I'll pay he, that guy. He, what is you he? saw he had the anger in his face, and then he stepped back, and he got the police involved and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put all these together really yeah. quick. Because then I want to talk now about Mike Pence 
and the Colt situation mm -hmm. and Jerry Jones and the knee situation. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say this really quick. Mm -hmm. I have an offensive line coach in Miami that is doing drugs at the facility, but players have some respect. I have fans that are throwing bottles at players and trying to fight them, but players have some respect. I have an owner that has done more drugs and has gotten more in trouble and has gotten DUIs and invites the VP there to do a publicity stunt, but players have some respect. And I got an owner that a few years ago, just type in Jerry Jones Weird and see what happens with all the girls and stuff outside of what he was doing right. and all those issues. But he's telling his players, hey, guys, have some respect. The players are asked to with, – with, with just – man, I'm so angry. Yeah, you should be. Keep going, though. You're doing the great. The players are asked to have restraint and be under control and have focused and then – kill themselves for our enjoyment and they need to have respect. Right. But the fans and the owners and the coaches can do whatever they want in their personal lives and at the end of the day, did you put your hand over their heart? Did you stand? Oh, well then you're a proud American. Really? Because these people are sacrificing their livelihoods, their future for your entertainment, for the coaches to make money and put money in the owner's pocket. But they don't have respect. Why? Because there's taking a knee for something they believe in. I don't know. I, don't I think that you guys hold these players to a to a level that is so crazy, and it is so unfortunate that you are not appreciating them because their career spans are this big. I'm next to one of them that it got shortened because his spleen exploded. <laughs> but you know what? People still look at him and go, "Man, you sucked." What the fuck is wrong with you? And that's how I'm going to end it. Just because for me, I'm just looking at all of this and I'm going, what do you want these players to do? Yeah, They're doing everything you want and it's still not good enough. And if it's not, we're going to tell you you suck. We're going to throw bottles at you or we're going to fire you. It's ridiculous. It, it's it's gone beyond ridiculous, and it truly right now it's just not a good look for the NFL. It looks like hey, white man smushing black people's beliefs and what they're trying to pass forward and the social issues. That's what it looks like. And to further that, I I, I can't find the quote of what what Jerry said yesterday. Jerry in essence, but said, Jerry if you take basically a knee, said, "You're not playing for my team. You're not playing for our team." And he and then he said, "But Pence, he has rights too, and if he wants to walk out, he can." Well, Jerry, so Pence can walk out and do what he wants, but your players don't have rights, First Amendment rights, apparently. Yeah, it's wrong. It's and bad. And for him to do that publicity stunt mm -hmm. two Mondays ago, where he literally got the camera guy to set up in a certain spot so that he could take a knee and looked in the camera and said, hello, fellow social activist, I support your cause. Insane. Right. He doesn't care about any of these guys. But don't forget what he said last year. Greg Hardy is a model teammate. Greg Hardy is what we stand for. Noted domestic violence abuser. It's just, it's unbelievable. And because of all of this, Dak Prescott is, in my mind, the most precarious situation in sports. As a black man leading the most popular sports franchise possibly in America, his owner just said, if you take a knee, you're off, you're not playing. Now all eyes are on Dak. 
I, I, just, I don't know why. I mean, I'm, I mean, there's, there's no it's way he can do this. It's not up to He doesn't have to do anything. But, here's but the, now he's got – don't be a distraction. We can't sign Colin Kaepernick. He'd be a distraction. But let me make a comment that will now make a distraction for the entire week. Listen to the, the – here, I got the quote. Can I just read it real yes, quick? Yes, of course. I mean, this is, this, is the, this is like the ultimate. Let's put this in the dictionary for the hypocritical, rich, white, billionaire man. Okay? Here we go. I'm saying our vice president of the United States – if in his opinion there's disrespect to the flag, then he should. He should. He basically should express himself however he wants to. He's got rights too. How do you say that? How do you even say that with a straight face? Let me just say one thing to you. Greg Blankley just commented and said, keep politics out of sports. What the fuck are you talking about? Keep the vice Literally, president out Mike of the Pence, stadium. Mike Pence showed up to the game. He brought politics back to sports. Steve Allen says, guys, stick to football. One of the reasons people watch you is because you aren't preaching to us and taking yourselves too seriously. The true thing is, is we just talked 55 minutes about football, yeah. and we're just talking about things that are happening right now. Right. Because the true thing is, is what else will we be talking about? You know, I got a question for you, Sims. Kareem Hunt through six games. How does that compare against other rookie running backs in the history of the NFL? Right, right. The true thing is, is that he played in the NFL, and this is something that players are talking about in the locker room. And the only thing that I want you guys to understand is, is that when a player gets hurt or a player loses his rights, you don't just go to your Yahoo football app and put in somebody else and go, no worries, got his back up. And this is the last thing I'll say. Like, if people don't think racism exists, and especially in football, I mean, we can get right into the coaching discussion right away where I could show you that racism exists in the NFL coaching world. Terrell Austin? Well, uh, Terrell Austin, sure. I mean, been one of the best defensive coaches forever. How about Steve Sarkeesian? You know any other black uh, coordinators in football who got drunk around young kids and got drunk around school events and still got a job? What? An offensive coordinator job in the NFL? How about Jim Bob Cooter? I mean, he got accused of, what, breaking into someone's house and getting naked? into a girl's room. Yeah. I don't know any other black coordinators with that on their resume. Uh, I can go even further, too, but I'm just going to say those are two examples right there just to show you the the NFL in general, who's running the NFL, and it is a little scary. And, of course, it's scary to players, and there's social issues in the world right now yes. that, of course, the African-American players would like to be, be brought to light. And, and they're just in doing that. And if I was an African-American player in the NFL, and I just watched at the ESPYs last year, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Chris Paul, and Carmelo Anthony stand up and get applauded from roof to floor about finally taking a stand and now they don't get to have a view, viewpoint either? Yeah. What did Odell? It, it have to be that famous? The only thing I want to say, too, is anyone that says that we should stick to football, the one thing that we have always done here at Sims and Lefko is give you the truth. When we're wrong, we self-scout. When we're right, we pat ourselves on the back. Mm-hmm. When we were wrong, we will openly say it to you. But we're also going to tell you how we feel, and this isn't politics. This is players, this is football, this is teams, and this is the real world. This is not fantasy. You got anything else? No, I'm good. Cool. 49ers uh, have lost their last four games by a combined 11 points. Man. I'm sorry, Kyle Shanahan. I'm sorry, too. But I'll tell you what. What is it? What week do the Giants play the 49ers? 
like four uh, weeks from now. Four. Oh man, I hope that is just a battle. <laughs> it is going to be awesome. Wednesday, Sims is going to do a deep dive. This will come out Thursday of some of the other big games, and we're going to dive into his notebook. We have a lot of stuff to get to, and then of course our picks later in the week, which I've only seen that you guys really respect my opinions. Woo! I gotta. I mean, I'm just trying to forget the spread and the bets. I think Woo! I'm. Uh, what am I right now? I'm seven and six. I need the Vikings to win just to go eight and six for the week. This podcast comes out Tuesday. Who won Monday Night Football? I got to go with the Vikings. And I, mean, I will go with the Bears. <laughs> okay, sounds good. The, the the reign of Mitchell Trubisky begins on Monday Night Football. I am Football. pumped to watch it. Oh, the only problem sick. is his best receiver is the Mench. The Mench, the Hebrew, and the Hammer. <laughs> Guys, we love you very much. If you didn't enjoy the rant, I apologize. That's why we saved it to the end. If you loved it, I love you too. Have a great day for Sims. Peace out, homie. Ben would say goodnight. I'm saying peace out. L-E-F-K-O-E. Man.